Welcome to the Cineos Health Podcast, COVID-19 Special Edition. I'm Jeff Stewart from Cineos Health Consulting. How are physicians dealing with COVID-19? For weeks, patients have been staying at home. Staying at home means not going to the doctor. We'll be talking about COVID-19, specifically telemedicine in the age of COVID-19. I'll be joined by Jody Scarborough. She'll be talking about a physician survey that she's done asking physicians how their lives have changed and they anticipate will change in the age of COVID-19. Telemedicine in the age of COVID-19, next on the Cineos Health Podcast. Jody Scarborough, welcome to the Cineos Health Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. What do you do here at the company? My title is Director of Research in the Insights and Innovation Group, and my biggest focus is on custom research. So wherever there are things that we don't know the direct answer to, or there's lots of information in which we don't know how to distill the insights, they come to me, and I try to find unique ways in either to solve the question at hand or to find people who are smarter than me to help me solve it. This isn't your first outbreak of an infectious disease. Can you tell me about your experience? Yes. Not too many years ago, I worked directly with a nonprofit organization during the Ebola crisis. And during that time, it was really quick to understand how quickly you need to understand how people on the ground are being impacted by a pandemic. And while Ebola didn't really impact the U.S. significantly, it impacted some of the sites I was working throughout Africa. So how could you very quickly capture some of that data and support some of the healthcare workers on the ground? I think with that in mind, I come with that deep sense of curiosity in an organizational like Sinyas, in terms of how quickly can we support uh, the clinicians on the ground. And while we are rapidly being able to support the emergency care workers and those who are in direct contact with COVID-19, there's this force of healthcare professionals that are being impacted in very, very different ways. And I think for our own organization, it's important to understand what those transformations and impacts are. And it's also really important for our sponsors so that they can have some idea on how they can support them going through. So I work with our team in developing this great questionnaire that we could rapidly deploy through one of our platforms and quickly get a pulse or sense of what's happening across healthcare professionals in the non-emergency area. So it was in rheumatology, cardiology, general or family practitioners, pulmonology, and oncology. So I think one of the things that surprises people when they hear about COVID-19, well, what doesn't surprise them is that some practitioners are pressed into service and have far, far too much to do. If you're a respiratory therapist, you may be able to get six to eight times your normal salary to fly across the country and be in New York right now. As an example, other hospitals you hear were on the brink of bankruptcy perhaps before and are closing. And that dichotomy, I don't think most people are familiar with that or aware of that, that it isn't just one answer for physicians. I'm wondering if you saw that within your survey or if the survey where you talked to rheumatologists, et cetera, was basically saying that everybody was redlined. That's interesting. One thing I want to emphasize, when we deployed the survey a couple of weeks ago, it was a snapshot in time of what exactly was happening then. And because COVID is moving so rapidly, things are changing all the time. So at the time of deployment, it was prior to the major chaos that we're seeing now. And in fact, physicians, many physicians outside of the emergency care area were grounded to a halt. Their patients stopped making appointments. Even though patients needed to see them, they stopped making appointments in fear of coming in because it's seen as a high contagion area. Doctors were not sure, especially some of their regular patients, 
specifically in something like pulmonology or rheumatology or oncology, they were concerned about their patients' well-being and any patients had stopped making appointments or alternatively not come into appointments. So I think that was what some of the most starting things that we saw at the time. But on the inverse of that, we also saw doctors taking this opportunity to really rapidly sign up through telemedicine. I think this is what we saw two weeks ago. It was that point in time in which patients stopped coming and how else can you support your patients? And I think that was one of the big realizations after the survey is just how many people were not going out to see their doctors. At a boss, it used to always make the joke that soccer was the sport of the future and always will be. And telemedicine always felt that way, that it would be the medicine of the future and always will be. Things have changed, it sounds like. I think things have changed Things are going to continue to change. It's not going to be a static prior to COVID and after COVID. I think there'll be a dramatic transition over the coming months as people find this new equilibrium in the healthcare continuum, specifically around technology. I think we saw a very similar event happening when we had the Affordable Care Act, new demand for having EMRs, and different hospital systems and different doctors and physicians changed at different times. And when it was suddenly assigned a sort of dollar amount and the ability to reimburse across the affordable healthcare, then there's an incentive for doctors and physicians and healthcare systems to rapidly change over onto EMRs. Electronic medical records? Electronic medical records. So there's a significant incentive for doctors to transition because they were reliant on payouts through the system. Very similarly, I think, even though telemedicine has been around for a while, there hasn't been an incentive for doctors to change over. They still had their routines, they still had their days, patients were reluctant to sign on. Payouts through telemedicine have generally been lower than payouts through traditional ways of conducting medicine. So there's a reluctancy on both the patient side and the healthcare professional side to engage in telemedicine. But we've had this big transformation now that doctors can't see their patients. They're losing income, they're losing revenue, and patients aren't able to see their doctors. And so this sort of catalyst to change of signing up for telehealth has been very rapid over the last few weeks. That also makes me wonder whether or not teledetailing, that is, there's no time to see a sales rep, typically, for many physicians, it's just very hard to get in to see them. Teledetailing has always been that kind of, well, stepchild, where it doesn't get quite the same love as being in person and having that sales call. But it sounds like if they have more time on their hands and physicians are more into the electronic side of things, and the opportunity cost is less, this seems like a really good opportunity for teledetailing to rise in a big way. Yes, that's one of the things that during the research that we covered was around tele-detailing. So traditionally, doctors have seen most of their sales reps in person. And then even though there's been a push towards tele-detailing, it hasn't been as popular as originally anticipated. But now what you're having is that because of the COVID-19, there is an opportunity for one doctor's and sales reps both realize that there's a need to change the way they currently do business. And tele-detailing has become more popular in the interim. And not only that, the doctors sort of foresee a change in the future. So in the interim, there's a change which going forward, they anticipate there'll be a greater demand to do the electronic detailing. Although I think they do still prefer the idea of in-person reps. And that's certainly what the research has shown. Prior to COVID, during COVID, and then post-COVID, they anticipate that more reps will still be coming in to see them. And that will be where they predominantly rely on access to the reps. What else did you see in the survey? 
I think one of the biggest concerns that came up in the survey is around access to supply chain. I think doctors are extremely concerned that their patients will not be able to access the medicines that they need which is one of the things that they need reassurance from the sponsors and from the manufacturers around will those medicines be available for them to be able to prescribe to their patients. That's one thing that I'm hoping that some of our sales reps will be able to do as being the sort of connector between the sponsor and the doctor. Like, yes, these medicines will not be interrupted in the near future and that hopefully they will continue to access that. The other thing I saw is really around how quickly doctors were able to bring in telemedicine. Some of them were able to access it on systems that they already have access to, such as Epic, which is part of the EMR, and others had to bring on new systems through smartphone applications. And I think what was even more interesting was that some were even quick to deploy things like Zoom. And because the FDA has loosened the regulations around non-HIPAA compliant technologies, that doctors were able to really quickly just take up where they needed to in terms of allowing their patients to access them. That is extremely encouraging so that where there's been a breakdown in traditional systems, we'd be able to quickly employ or use other systems to continue some of those healthcare needs. So final question, Jody, specifically with the sales forces, when do sales forces return to normal, if ever? One of the big things that showed up is that doctors regularly or frequently they currently see their sales reps and then how they anticipate this will change over time. While most of the physicians across the different specialists currently see the most important sales reps weekly to monthly, they anticipate that this is going to shift out to quarterly to annual basis in the coming months and that it will remain like that going forward. But there needs to be a substitute to that. And that substitute, what I did see in some of the areas was around something called digital platforms for a specific product or service. And those are the platforms that you'll see, for instance, with cardiovascular health. It'll be an entire platform from one of the sponsors that includes all the treatments. It includes the training modules for the doctor. It'll include videos. It'll include also how they can support directly with their patients. And it might also even have a patient login that the patients can find that information as well. And these digital platforms have been popular amongst certain areas of healthcare, but I think that's one area in which we can anticipate some changes in which our healthcare manufacturers are going to invest more in those kind of platforms to enhance the role of the reps. And that will be one of their core areas of communication over and above in-person or electronic detailing. If you'd like to read a copy of the survey of physicians in COVID-19, I'll provide a link in the show notes. Well, Jody Scarborough, thanks so much for joining me on the Cineo South podcast. Thank you and have a lovely weekend. That's all for today's episode of the Cineo's Health podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stewart from Cineo's Health Consulting. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you have comments, suggestions, questions, or if you just want to talk through a particular challenge that you're having at your life sciences company, you may email me at podcast at Cineo's Health. Dot com. We're consultants. That's what we do. 